Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. We are all so excited because today we have Alexandra Roxo as our guest. She is a transformational life coach and speaker, healer, artist, writer, and the co-creator of Moon Club. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hi, so thank you so much for coming out from New York to record this in LA and taking the time. I hope that you have an exciting stay planned. And so I've been following you for some time now, and if there's anything I've noticed about social media is while it is a viewfinder of our lives and we only see like just this little bit of what a person wants to show of themselves, I feel like energy still can like radiate through that. And like I've looked at your posts and like from your, you know, your like spiritual, like more like poetic like options have made, have you know, made me like shed a tear or like just cackle insanely loud or, you know, I'm like, I'm just saving them constantly and like Mm. going back and rereading them. And they just seem to come with this like divine timing of like, Mm. oh, I really needed to read that right then. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's, that was like spot on. Um, so just thank you so much just for your words and for, uh, what you give, um, just constantly, just even just out there for um, for anyone to see. So we're so excited to like talk more in depth with you about um, what you do. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that um, that the energy and the vibes reach through the screen. That's definitely something that that medium in particular. You know, I came from a filmmaking background, so on film and video, you can communicate really specifically uh, a lot of thoughts and ideas. And on Instagram, sometimes I'm like, is the two-dimensional like an image and the words, is it really hitting people's hearts? Because what I aim to do always as a writer, as an artist, as a creator, is to bring forth some sort of catharsis or emotional response in people to awaken them, to excite them, to piss them off. <laughs> um, and and so, yeah, it's it's an interesting medium to play with Instagram, like and and to continuously like be attempting to innovate. Yeah, there's so much content on there. So to create and to write and to make content that actually can spark something in people, right? Like I I kind of imagine like, I'm like, most people are reading my content while they're shitting, right? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, or or they're like walking or on their treadmill or, so, you know, something, mm-hmm. but like they're ha- like, I don't, I'm not getting your full attention. You're doing something else. So I want you to actually pay attention. So I need to write something that actually asks Mm -hmm. you to pay attention. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as a artist, writer, healer, like I have wear a lot of different hats, but it kind of, they all fit into the same space, which is creating a, a shift and a response and an energetic opening between me and someone, whether it's a client or someone that is reading my work. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. That's a really beautiful approach to social media. And I think that like I 
from the filmmaking perspective, I see how you kind of developed that relationship with the with the phone, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, something that I love asking people uh, first on this podcast is how did your spiritual journey begin and kind of where are you at now? Mm. So I had my first mystical experience when I was about 12 where I experienced what I imagine what I call inner peace for about three months after experiencing a a lot of darkness Mm. was I 12 or 13 um and that was bizarre it was really weird because I felt like I knew it was gonna go away like I knew I kind of got like a portal into something Mm. but I didn't really have the context for it but I remember what it feels like it's like this was like this feeling of peace through the back of my belly that like everything was okay Mm. and I remember feeling it fade away over this like course of a Mm. few months where it was like this awakening this oneness that I had uh began to kind of wane but it was a it was a moment where I I felt like there was something bigger and my mom was a very spiritual woman like she was very new agey in a sense like we she was always that person like that the, the more new agey mom people would come over and they'd be like wow you guys have salad and candles and Enya <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> god we listen to Enya too yeah, yeah. <laughs> spiritual moms um, <laughs> and so my mom's a really huge like part of my journey because she taught she brought me to my first um spiritual teacher who's a psychic intuitive and he just taught me so much um, that that my spiritual journey, like consciously, right? Because it's always happening. But my consciously be- became aware of it at a quite a young age. Um, I remember uh, when I was like 15, my mom, we were at this kind of uh, uni- Unitarian church. And no, it was Unity, not Unitarian, which are two different things. But <laughs> they had an angel reader there. And out of like the whole congregation... She looked at me and she said, your angels want to speak to you. And I was going through a tough time at that time. And she drew my angel. And, you know, it's those types of experiences were normal to me from a young age. So um, I don't have the same background of of that being weird (laughs) or different. (laughs) And so it just continued to build that awakening. Mm -hmm. And then when I... When I was 19, I read Be Here Now by Ram Dass, an autobiography of a yogi. The best. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had my sort of yogic Eastern kind of awakening where I had just spent all this time in, in the more um, Christian side of things and, and also the very esoteric or more mystical Christian side of things because my mom was like, had the Aramaic Bible and had the kind of alternative Bibles. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, um, I was always interested in what's going on behind the scenes of creation. (laughs) Like, I know there's something else here. And I also had a really, like, awakening experience the first time I took MDMA when I was 16. I was, the next day I turned to my friends and I said, you know, that is, we took a shortcut to Nirvana, kids. Yeah. (laughs) And... I don't think I should do that again. I need to do it the real way. And I said that. I don't like, I'm like, where the fuck did I? I, don't, I had never studied meditation or something, but I just knew. Mm. No. Did I never do it again? No, <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it, the thing is, for me, spirituality is not like something separate from my life. So it's just been a part of my life for a long mm. time. So uh, the languaging and the way that it, it's just, 
it's not, there's no, there's no like uh, Alexander who's not spiritual and Alexander who's spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'm here on planet earth to learn and awaken. That's all I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. And that's always been the, 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 the way that I viewed it because that's how my teacher first taught me. He was like, you're here because you have karma and you have life lessons mm -hmm. and you have classrooms to sit in and some of them are going to fucking suck. <laughs> but, and one of them's called your dad. <laughs> but, but he was so, um, it was so clear the way he explained to me what like the way humanity and creation and karma and the cycles of rebirth that I've always looked at my life through that lens. Mm. Yeah. And so that's brought me through all sorts of times. And there have been times where my spiritual path has been more external and, and doing things, retreats and plant medicines and da, da, da. And there's been times where it's more internal. Um, and so, yeah, there's just so many different phases to, the process of awakening but mm. for me like if i can get as close to awakening this lifetime like i'm stoked mm. i don't know if it's gonna happen this lifetime but we'll see <laughs> i'm willing to work f hard for it yes. and, and to love hard for it <laughs> mm, all about that <laughs> i love what you said about you know, your spirituality not being separate because i've i've had days where i didn't feel like my my highest self or my most spiritual self and i wasn't like maybe meditating daily or like consistent with you know whatever thing i was working on at the time whether it was crystals or candles or just or even just a journaling thing or something and then i just kind of like it hit me like a brick to the face where i was like wait a minute you're <laughs> I was like negating the whole thing right then and there and I just sort of told myself like just let that go and like do what you can when you can I was realized like you're always I was like your life mm. is being spiritual magic is everywhere it's not like this you're you're very on point there when you talk about like that verbiage that kind of people kind of want to like assign like only this thing is spiritual and only yeah. this thing is magic and I'm like no it's all the time it's everywhere yeah, yeah. it's energy I yeah. feel that way about um, my like sexuality as well. Like I have to compartmentalize like my my kinky self, and I have to mm -hmm. compartmentalize my like witchy self, especially with like certain groups or you know social mm -hmm. situations that I might have to be in. And like my current spiritual growth, I think, is integrating that, and that it's like you know one of the reasons why we started the podcast is like oh, I'm just gonna be open and honest, and like yeah, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of the next step. It's not easy for people because I mean, I go on retreats and I am around people that are in certain spiritual sectors. We don't, you don't talk about sex in front of people. You mm. don't like, I can't be like, Hey, how, how was your last orgasm? <laughs> it was funny actually on the trip that I was just on to India and Nepal, I was with four friends and I was like, I was I was just saying this totally naturally. I was not trying to be shocking. I was not trying to be <laughs> funny. But I was just like, wow, I haven't gone this long without having an orgasm in such a long time. How about you guys? And it was like crickets. And I was like, did I say something wrong? No. And it was just like, I was like, fuck. Because it was a 26-day trip. And I just, you know, I just, I was sharing rooms. And it was just like eating a lot of potatoes. It was not a, a trip for that. Like, it was fine. <laughs> Um, and I realized I was like, even in those, that moment, like it was like, no one wanted to have that conversation. Cause we were, I mean, maybe they just don't, maybe that it's just some people are private and that's fine. Privacy is totally fine. But I also think that there's so much stigma around sex 
and that there is this this space of well this doesn't fit into my life or my Mm -hmm. spiritual path and Mm -hmm. or this sacred moment um and there are lots of people who have proven that wrong and i think that you know this is why we do the work we do Mm -hmm. to to normalize that experience for people you know Yeah. And there's also like in not saying, talking about sex, to me, there's something saying, there's like an inherent message there that it's wrong if we aren't comfortable talking about it with others. Exactly. Because what, you know, what else do we not feel, feel like, what else do we feel like, oh, it has to be super private? Like death and politics. Mm, Yeah. yeah. And money. (laughs) Money. Yeah. Mm. And magic, which is why we do this. Yeah. And those things, it's just like it's so old paradigm. But yeah, those are mm. the topics. So I, I, of course, like to always mm. bring those things up. Not really <laughs> politics because I, I mean, really, that's just, I don't need to. Um, but but yeah, but I like to, I talk about death a lot with my clients. And, and mainly just as a practice of them being present in the moment because it is an ancient practice too to like sit with your death and to contemplate your death um, and to appreciate the present because you know you'll die and you really practice every day knowing you're gonna die Mm -hmm. you know and it's just Mm -hmm. like that or I did a a class once where we all had to say out loud how much money we had in the bank Mm -hmm. um as our opener you Mm -hmm. know and that was rough oh I don't know about that and then so scary scary, right the girl who who we were leading the class together the woman she's great and we led a ritual almost three valentine's days ago at house of intuition which is so cute but um yeah this was like the money and money kind of magic course that we did around that time and it was like I when she said like I have seventy five thousand dollars in my checking account I literally was just like hate you like it was so it was so intense the feelings that it brought up and that person mm. I was three years ago because I, I was going through like I didn't have any money and I realized wow there's something here like mm. there's something really important here so I've definitely the same around sex like if I ask a friend how many people have you slept with like people are ashamed you mm. know to admit that or it's just so scary, and it, I, I don't think either of those things really need to be. We're losing power um, if we're holding shame, in mm. my opinion, you yeah. know? Yeah, there's this quote. I can't remember where it's from, but I think it's like, if you want to kill the monster, you have to say its name. Mm. And I, I think that ties into what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that, yep. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of magic, I'm curious, like, do you have any personal practices around sex magic or I guess magic in general? Mm. Well, I've gone through so many different phases. Hold on. Well, <laughs> we welcome free expression. <laughs> and drinking kombucha. Um, I've gone through so many different phases with, with magic in general. Um, That right now I'm at the place where I try not to necessarily differentiate. Like when I was in my early 20s, I would, you know, have certain rituals and I was like really stringent about how I did them and when I did them. And it was like really like into that. Um, Now my path feels so much more integrated and I go through, I think it's just a different parts of the journey right i went to like free activist witch camp when i was 21 what please elaborate yeah. witch camp yes. yeah i went to witch camp 
so Starhawked, you know who Starhawk yes. is? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I want to do her um, permaculture yes. training. Yes, do it, please, yeah. please. I think we need more people that have done that. She's just such an epic. She's like one of the, oh, she is the OG, like witch in America, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I read her books and then I saw that some people had started this this witch camp that was for earth activists mm-hmm. and that's free. And it was just, I just was like, I'm going. And I, I, I slept like under a, a tarp that I made into a tent in the woods <laughs> in the Pacific North, in Oregon. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was such a cute little free spirit. And I mean, I still am, but I would not sleep under a tarp now in the woods, <laughs> honestly. Um, and that was more formal ritual, like for the earth. I don't quite resonate with that community as my home base, but I don't have like a lot of communities that I feel like they're my peeps. Like I have some close friends, but that the, that kind of earth pagan culture is a specific culture. But I did get a lot of beautiful, like had a lot of, not got a lot of moments, but I had a lot of beautiful moments there. The one thing that stuck with me through all these years is, is just paying attention to the cycles of the moon and mm. planning my life and planning my own personal rituals around that. Mm. Um, so that's been a huge shift. And it's not even that like I like sit and have some elaborate ritual planned out, but I notice and I know where the moon is exactly, not necessarily the astrological sign, but where it is in the flow of the month. And I acknowledge that I'm a cyclical being. And so I look at my monthly moon cycle as like a death and a, and a rebirth every month. And so... I know that like I was walking out the door tonight and I'm like, okay, like I've had a lot of these podcasts in these deep waning moon days where I'm probably like my least sparkly, (laughs) such is life. I do try to plan as much as possible. So like the the waning moon week, I have more internal time, more quiet Mm. time. Mm. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, now I I consider myself like more spontaneous as the way that I do magic and I just let the spirit move through me and tell me what to do in the moment like my own heart spirit not an external spirit or a god or something like that though I do have practices with certain deities and, and guides but I I really listen and so it's not really from my mind because the mind space is a tricky space the mind is this this entity that has been conditioned, that has been traumatized, that is full of shit most of the time. So if my mind was deciding when I was going to do magic, then I'm just like, isn't that sort of contrived? It's just mm. like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. 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 It's also very like linear and it's also very masculine in the sense that it's like coming from this almost to-do list of spirituality And I just, I just, that doesn't vibe with me. (laughs) Like, I want to ask in the moment. Like, I'm about to get in the tub. What are we going to do? What do Mm. I need right now? What do I need now? And I feel it in my body. Oh, yes, that. Oh, yes, that. Oh, this, that. Mm. And, um, but I'm a rebel. So that's how I, I don't like rules. I don't like systems. I don't Mm. like other people's way of doing it. I like to Mm. craft my own, which can be tricky for people because then they're like, well, I want to do it your way. And I always say, well, guess what? Get to know yourself. Get to know your heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I help you. That's what I help my clients with. And Moon Club, it's not teaching them, here's a ritual to, to that's prescribed for you to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, 
here's a way for you to know yourself Mm -hmm. and not your mind self, but like your deep heart self that's underneath everything. Mm Because that's the one you can trust. You can't trust the mind self because it's coming from all the conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yes. So much yes. (laughs) So that was like, I didn't really answer your question about magic. (laughs) No, No, you did. You're saying for you, magic is a really integral part of who you are and you don't have this like contrived. Yeah way around it you just yeah, yeah the separatism yeah, the exactly. path is within you yeah. yeah and I do stuff like all day every day that is that but I don't like sit and I'm not like you know planning it into some sort of elaborate way I could do like in traffic do breath of fire and that is a spiritual moment for me yeah um, it doesn't have to be like or I could just take a moment and let a fleeting thought pass that is a spiritual mm-hmm. moment for me it doesn't I didn't have to sit like sometimes I like to go out to my garden and sit mm. and have my like the meditation is like coordinated and planned and like yeah it, you know what I yeah, mean yeah, like, yeah. you have your setup and the things burning you want and then afterwards you have your herbal tea but it doesn't always go that way yeah so I like that just your outlook that it's just mm. it's just integrated integrated yeah. just like breathing it's just yeah. part of your life yeah but i think mm-hmm. if you're new to this then mm-hmm. yeah you might need a little bit more structure mm-hmm. and that's why i created moon club because there is structure like we do a monthly lunar planner mm-hmm. can you tell us more about what moon yeah club so is? moon club is um it's a group mentorship program, but we have two ways that you can interact with it. One is more mentorship and community-based, where you get a monthly live group new moon ritual online on Zoom, which is a video app. And then you also get a full moon coaching workshop with me. So it's I really created it because I was like, what about all these sweet women in these tiny places in the U.S.? Mm. Like, they're only connecting on Instagram, like, reading posts, but they're not really connecting mm-hmm. to other women, and there aren't circles in these places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I created it, because I was like, I grew up in Georgia, and there I, couldn't, I wouldn't have found a moon circle, you know? So... There are women around the world that that we connect them. They find accountability partners, practice partners. Um, And then there's people who can just opt into the monthly subscription, which is a new moon meditation that that comes in their inbox and then the lunar planner. Okay, so that one's less interactive. Yeah, it's not. It's just if you want to practice solo and you don't want the Mm -hmm. coaching aspect or the mentorship aspect. Um, So, but, but. Both of those just give a framework mm-hmm. and they give a week to week like, okay, on the waning moon, it's better to do this. The full mm-hmm. moon, better to do this. Mm-hmm. And here's here's where the astrology is also for this cycle. So this will help you kind mm-hmm. of know what you're feeling. And we talk a lot about feelings and the moon sign and knowing your moon sign in astrology so that you can know how to interact with where the moon is and see how it's impacting your feelings because the moon in astrology is your subconscious and your emotional self so you know if the moon is in aquarius you will feel different than if the moon is in scorpio like your feelings will feel different and i at first to be honest i was like really but now after practicing for so long and being aware i'm like fuck what is your moon sign mine's in aquarius can you tell us like your top three or if you want to share them well i'm really sensitive when the moon is in scorpio like i feel Mm. it immediately Mm -hmm. um i have a lot of planets in scorpio and i'm like oh the moon in scorpio damn it i'm about to like go into my shadow a little bit and Mm -hmm. get a little emotional in a dark way or whatever um for me that's how that manifests it's not like obsessive it's more sort of like transgressive Mm. i would say like if i'm gonna act out probably around then um (laughs) 
Then, then uh, uh, the moon in the moon in any of the fire signs usually I feel <laughs> as well. Um, but I don't mind that. Like I actually, it feels like a relief sometimes to me because I don't have fire in my chart. Oh, what's your sun sign? I'm a Pisces Mm. in Gemini rising. Um, Yeah, and and I like the moon in Aquarius too because my Mm. Venus is also in Aquarius and I love Aquarian energy. Mm. It's like that outside the box, eccentric, sort of, you know, up up in the visionary space. Mm. Like that's my vibe. (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive into feelings and vulnerability for a minute because you kind of just touched on that. That's uh-huh. totally where I wanted to go. Um, so you talk about release and allowing yourself to be like very present often. And I love your posts about just like allowing yourself to cry and just like, I really agree. It's just like such the best catharsis or a happy cry. And honestly, I shed like a couple of tears yesterday, just like excited about this conversation. Mm-hmm. I was just like, because I, I was like, I've been touched this before and I get to have this conversation in person. How awesome. Um, so I was just wondering, like, what are your best practices for uh, really just letting go or being in the moment or um, maybe even advice for some people who are like new to uh, like mindfulness and meditation mm. practice? Oh, I love hearing that that you shed a tear yesterday. I like, really did. Immediately, <laughs> I was like, fuck, that's so I'm jealous. Because the the ability to shed happy tears, mm-hmm. like it, like my like I said, my moon's in Aquarius, and even though I'm a Pisces, like there's still certain like I am I'm I get less happy in gratitude joy tears, mm-hmm. um, but the times that I do, I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool, <laughs> like it's so be- I have a lot of the sad tears. I'm like, ah. I feel like I only ever cry happy tears now that I'm thinking about it. I feel oh, like I cry all the tears. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just a crier. Yeah, yeah. full on crier. I need to cry more sad tears, but like happy ones. Yeah. 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 I cry sad tears even if it's like I don't have to be the person like affected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just feel a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, is like we come from uh, in the United States and in the Western world. Um, I'll, I'll less generalize, like more of like U.S. Central Europe. Okay, we ca- with the puritanical background, with the Christian background, there is this: don't show what you're feeling. That is ingrained in us. And whether or not you came from a, a background that had that directly, like we don't, we're not in a culture that is acceptable for you to feel your feelings in real time wherever you are, mm-hmm. right? maybe with two or three people in your life. So the amount of your life where you're not feeling your feelings in real time, but you're pushing them down and maybe saving them for later, but maybe they pop up elsewhere at some other time, like that is that also causes a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it can cause a lot of anxiety because the amount of, of pushing down that's happening Mm -hmm. it's like there's a feeling trying to come up and something pushing it down and that that two things colliding creates anxiety right depression yeah Yeah. or you know you can create uh, pains in your stomach right ibs uh headaches for different people it could be a a physical manifestation a psychological manifestation um and so um, emotional well-being is something we're just not taught 
emotional wellness. Like, what does that even mean? How do I, like, what, how do I do that? Feeling one's feelings is, is something that depending on what kind of a home you're brought up in might've not been okay. And my father is Brazilian and I grew up half my life in Brazil and, and Brazilian culture and, and Latin American, many Latin American places have a different relationship to feelings. And if you can, if you think about it, right, you imagine like Romeo and Juliet, like the Catholic scenes, like women crying in the church, like Catholicism, like has an aspect of that drama, right? And like, there's so much fucked about it, like that, that, that Jesus is hanging on a, a cross, like there's a torture symbol everywhere. But there's like this this sort of emotional drama to it all. But in the puritanical, there isn't. There's the stoicism. There's like the cutting off of emotions. Like people at funerals standing around quiet. Like the women aren't wailing. They're not expressing. They're just bottling up all the pain. So to me, this kind of emotional recovery and reclaiming that we're doing is 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 a rebellious act it's really saying like hey that system doesn't serve us anymore like if i'm fucking sad i want to be sad if someone died i want to cry on the floor and i don't want to save it for later after i get out of the car <laughs> and then i do this and then we have the dinner and then da 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 like what yeah. isn't that ridiculous yeah. like i got to say that till i'm in my little room with the door locked and da da da, da. <laughs> it's just like it's fucked so when i think about the one thing and it's interesting cuz in some spiritual practice it's like you know, you're trying to transcend your feelings and da 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 and, and that is a certain type of practice and work. However, in order to get there, we first have to experience our feelings. We have to accept our feelings. And we have to allow ourselves to have a place in our lives where we do get fucking rageful. And, and maybe if you've never broken a glass bottle, do that. You know, maybe if you've never screamed primal screamed do that if you've never sobbed like gut-wrenching as if you were in you know an italian opera do that because chances are there there's a catharsis that wants to happen and you will clear energy from your system i have this this practice called how to embody your feminine fire and, and it's like breath work and sound and it's really a practice for emotional processing and the women who do this this practice in this class, it's literally two 40-minute guided practices in like a video. And people will tag me on Instagram of selfies of them after the practice. And I think people are just like look so radiant that they're like, I can't help but taking a selfie because I'm so gorgeous right now. Oh, wow. And and the 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 amount of of like psychic clutter that lifts after you have one of those big cathartic like yummy juicy rageful whatever sobs it's just like you come to life your spirit has more space to come through you and your eyes are shining your skin is more luminous and so it's like it's something that that is we don't have spaces for crying. We don't have spaces for rage. It's not socially acceptable. It would be pandemonium if everyone was going around screaming and crying all the time. But there also is a middle ground, you know, and I think that it's really important for us to find it. And I always, you know, I think about like Penelope Cruz and like, um, you know, some of the some of the Spanish films like the Almov uh, 
Pedro Almodovar. Why, why can't I say his name right now? <laughs> Are you going to wait? Well, okay, never mind. Sorry. And I think I know what you're talking about. Maybe. <laughs> oh, and it, the, well, so Penelope Cruz in general <laughs> has played many characters who have had these great emotional arcs. Even in Vicky, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, I don't know if oh, you guys said that. I mean, I'm not a Woody favorites. Allen, like, bad, bad. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that movie was a good movie. And she's epic in that movie. And I always think when I think of a woman who, who uh, it, those two characters are so different in that film because Scarlett Johansson's character really never expresses her, her pain or sorrow. She's just like pretty chill the whole time. And then, you know, um, Penelope Cruz's character is just like screaming, crying mess. And I think we all have all those parts of ourselves, you know. But if we don't let out that character, that bit of us, then like we don't, we're not healthy, but we have to find a balance and we can't obviously go running around like, you know, I, I love that. I love the little drama, but, but mm -hmm. that's, that's because I have a Brazilian father and I grew up with like <laughs> passionate people and mm -hmm. obviously there's a shadow aspect to that. But um, I think for, for nowadays, women learning how to feel their emotions in real time and speak in real time mm -hmm. instead of like taking three days to think about, okay, well, how should I say that so I don't offend them? Like, no, mm -hmm. you know, but just learning to to let the emotions be present and raw and real here and now, because that's a gift to everyone around you. Like you become this gorgeous gift and like creation is moving through you in that moment. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're attempting to be socially acceptable and sort of robotic and safe. Empowering. Boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, you just had me giggling and I'm going to go just... I thought of an example just a few days ago. I was feeling like some just innocuous like stress and anxiety and I was like, this is silly and I thought to myself, you need a release and you don't have something to hit. I was driving on the freeway and I thought like, you've got music on and I just screamed, which is like one of my favorite things to do. I've done it out the window while my boyfriend was driving before too, which is really <laughs> fun to do. He thought it was hysterical. It uh -huh. felt amazing. Um, so I just screamed and then I just growled. I just like let out the, and it was like a guttural saw growl. And I just was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, okay. And then I like went and I was like, had to go and like put my like game face on right after that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, exactly it feels so good. like really just got like guttural it was almost like in a way like orgasmic yeah like pain release as opposed to like pleasure release yeah really mm. interesting Bella I and I were that. talking earlier about um kids uh <laughs> just because yeah and so like kids like children in the film um, no like children, children. like oh. actual okay. little children and I was just thinking like as we were talking about this how easy it is for children to express themselves like mm -hmm. when they're you know upset they'll have a tantrum like so they will beautiful. do whatever they want and cry and mm -hmm. scream and I think it's so interesting how we have this like unlearning and learning process throughout our lives oh, know, it's, it's so just funny. so interesting mm -hmm. so That's yeah so all about hold everything okay now learn to express it in healthy <laughs> <Yeah>. ways <laughs> i know yeah i love watching children have tantrums there's just like nothing more beautiful and pure and then it breaks my heart when i see parents being like shh, shh you're okay i'm like let them just get that out yeah, yeah i agree i so agree yeah <laughs> <sighs> 
Well, I'd love to go back to sex. Um, <laughs> that is what so we're about. I think you recently were uh, doing a course about sex money magic. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about manifestation on this podcast a lot. And I would love to know uh, like your perspective on integrating sex and magic and manifestation and how that manifests for you. Yeah. So I did this um, sex money magic program with Sahara Rose, a friend of mine. And um you know, it was much less on like the sort of witchy esoteric side, but more on the practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of, in that program, a lot around um, sort of changing, limiting beliefs around sex and money and all really beginning to look at your stories around sex and money very deeply and your ancestral stories and doing some work around your family and even inquiring um, to your family. So there's a lot of practices that are more kind of in the air sign space, more in the mind. The, the, there was also, I included my embodiment practice, which was my kind of breath work thing that I was telling you guys about. So there was that in terms of an embodied work, but together is kind of enough to work through how you're limiting yourself around sex and money in the mind, body, and the spirit. Because I think that you have to tackle things in all those spaces together in order to have a shift, a real shift, right? It's like you can't just go in your bedroom with a crystal wand and have a moment. And then if you're still holding a limiting belief, then you're not going to get very far to manifest something because the limiting belief is still there in your mind and your Mm -hmm. mind is very powerful. And if you're in your ancestral lineage, you're holding in in your soul or your spirit, you're holding this, again, this like story or pattern, then it doesn't matter how many times you do like a sex magic practice with your yoni egg because those beliefs and those, that ancestral patterning is so deep. And it's hard to tell that to people it's a hard thing to, to, to stomach because if you just do something surface, right? Like I'm going to write this thing on a piece of paper and burn it. Bye. It's done. I I'm like, okay, bless you. Um, because sometimes that's the first step, right? But, but there's a lot more to do. And if you don't, in my opinion, look at it like 360 and consider all those other spaces, then you'll keep coming up against it. So, when I consider what, and that program was very much around healing around sex and money mm-hmm. and in finding and reclaiming that space for yourself, not so much using money as a tool for magic or using sex as a tool for magic, but just allowing those places to be great, healthy, yummy, exciting, gorgeous places in your life where there's no fear, there's no anxiety, there's no shame, but it's just epic, yum. Um, And in order to do that, it's like really digging deep in your cells. Uh, Because again, you can put on the outfit, you can burn the candle, but if if this belief has been passed down to you from your grandma and your great-grandma and your mom that, you know, being a fully embodied sexual being is, is, is not okay, then it doesn't matter how much you perform that you're okay with it, if there's that per- that bit of you underneath that's not okay, then you're going to keep running up against that. So a lot of the work that I do is looking into the shadow and looking into the parts of you that are still uncomfortable and that are still tied into patterns that you've inherited. 
because that's to me where the juice is. Once those things are kind of unlocked, then you can do whatever you want with it. You know, then you can have a tra- like a really epic transcendental sexual experience and use that for whatever works. But I've met very few people that are at that clear a place that they can just like, boom, everything's possible in their sex magic practice. Like, um, I'd like to meet them if actually, <laughs> if you guys know anyone else, because they think that like, that is a gorgeous art and it is a, an epic thing that's possible. But I think that we're part of like, a generation that is doing some deep, deep healing work. Mm. So I think that the work is the healing, right? So then how can sex be an act that becomes incredibly healing where grief can be released, shame can be released? Not like, okay, I want to manifest my dream car. No, we jump to the dream car before dealing with the sexual trauma from five generations, then we're we're, the jokes on us. Like Mm. we're not doing the real work, in my opinion. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm wondering, I'm curious about your your thoughts on this. What do you think the connection between sex and money is? Because, you know, it's so often that you do, we do, uh, you know, manifestation practices with our um, sexual energy. So I've been thinking about this a lot. So I'd love to hear what you think, why they're tied. Yeah. So there's something about receiving in general. So the amount that we can receive is really contingent on, again, how, how much space that we have. Let me feel into this a little bit more. Yeah, so so I'll say two things. The first thing is what we talked about before, right? These are two things that are highly stigmatized, that we don't talk about, that we have stories around, um, shame around. And then there is like the literal giving and receiving aspect of both of them that mm-hmm. is really huge. Energetically, you're dealing with two potent energies, right? So if you took the bodies away, if you took the paper away, you're dealing with two powerful energetic exchanges. So... If either of those energetic exchanges have um, shame, guilt, uh, things that are not in a 100% alignment or integrity, then you're going to be perpetuating that and continuing to attract, in a sense, more of that, right? Um, And that will happen in either of those spaces. Like if you're going to go have sex with someone and you guys are both in it for like sort of these kind of greedy reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you're going to exchange money with someone. So if you you don't have, and, and I know that's like a little bit heady. I hope I'm not losing anyone. No, totally. It's a bit Aquarian the way I just mm-hmm. described it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a, a relationship with the energetic exchange of money that feels clean and clear, and I don't mean clean in like a puritanical sense. I mean like <laughs> you can open your bank account and you don't feel sh- fear when you open it you can pay your rent and you're not begrudging you know you're not like oh my god that's expensive but like all of that means you've got problems with money still which is totally fine totally fine and the same with sex right it's like if while you're having sex you're having thoughts of other things or not that things aren't okay or if you're using sex to cover up your need for love like all this stuff 
So those two spaces are extremely potent. And the other thing about those two spaces is that they are like a binding space of energetic exchange, right? Mm. So if, if you pay me right now $400 for a session, energetically, like I am bound to give you something very powerful, mm. right? I'm, mm. I, I owe you something powerful. Mm-hmm. And if not, then that energetic de- debt is on me. And the same is with sex. Not in the sense that you're owed, but like if someone puts their penis in you, their energy field, their karmic energy, their vibes are entering your being, your soul. And then you're walking around with that. So both of those exchanges are really powerful. And we don't think about it, right? Like you're buying a lipstick or something. Like, but you're still like you would be really upset if that lipstick wasn't what you wanted. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that we've trivialized them in, in a way in, the, in society. And to me, the more that I learn and grow, the more that I'm like, oh, shit, I just paid like for something. And I am now I'm, I'm like, I have to receive that. Like my friend, I did a session for my friend and he, he said, I want to do a session with you. And I said, cool. And he said, um, I want to pay you $700 for the hour. I was like, oh God. (laughs) And I knew what he was saying. He's asking me to energetically be that fucking dope. Mm -hmm. Like the highest priestess of the priestesses for an hour. Right. Mm. And like, so, so those types of exchanges as the more we get, that we get deeper in, in our skills Mm. at all of this energy stuff. Um, it becomes more refined and we see the consequences. But if we're unconscious to any of that, then it's all unconsciously impacting us and we are not realizing. So maybe that's advanced for people, but I usually just speak to everyone as if they're amazing practitioners Mm -hmm. of magic and spiritual practice. So does that make sense to you guys? Our listeners are pretty great. Okay, great. great, great. (laughs) Lovely Um, with you. Yeah, that's like sparking all kinds of things that I was thinking about now. It's, it's deep. It's deep. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really talking about the, the web that we're weaving that mm-hmm. goes beyond the, the eye. Thank you for that mm-hmm. amazing that beautiful yeah. explanation. <laughs> you once said something, I think it was on your stories. It was a while ago. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about cleansing the yoni of all the um, – of your pussy's history. <laughs> yeah. Can you please? I have been dying to ask you this question oh, yeah. for so long. Please, you know, it's so funny. Please so tell I'm going to tell you guys so you guys know the story. Yeah. So I was having a morning practice and I was doing some of actually the embodiment work that I do, which is just like breathing all the way into my cervix and making sound. And that's again what then opens the heart because it comes up through here, heart opens, and then the eyes open, everything. Um, so I was doing that and all of a sudden I felt again, the energetic exchange that I just said of, of like, Oh shit. All of a sudden I feel all these people's energies that are still here. You know, there are a lot of people that say that someone's energy after you have sex with them stays in your auric field for seven years. Um, some people say two years. So yeah, I, I made a joke. I was like, shit, it's getting crowded up in here. <laughs> So that morning, I was feeling a little claustrophobic, um, and um, and it was interesting because I needed to a- I needed to actually experience some grief 
because I was holding still some shame. So it really wasn't at the end of the day about like the people that were there, but it was about like the anger that I had for some of them. So that was my ritual was more about releasing my anger that I was still angry at some of these people. The coach that I was working with at the time, who's epic, she, I told her that I did that. And she was like, I want you to do the opposite. I want when that you feel that I want you to uh, feel them fucking you and that you guys are healing. Like, I want to try to explain this in a way that doesn't sound really fucking weird. I like weird. Yeah. (laughs) We welcome weird. (laughs) There's a sense of actually, instead of trying to purge oneself of like a sexual partner or experience, which maybe you're done with, Mm -hmm. but going deeper into it and, and even visualizing that sexual experience and, and giving it to spirit in a sense, like letting that, even in that moment, like that open them to more, more God, more eternity, more love, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it, instead of attempting to rid myself of it. Mm -hmm. So instead of ridding myself of them, and that was an interesting practice because then it's like, okay, well, so then next time I'm having a solo sex practice, am I going to envision all those past lovers (laughs) and that we are fucking each other open to more God? What a party. I know. (laughs) And then, I mean, this, yeah, this, this, this coach, she's the healer. She's so great. She's so great. We did another exercise where I was like supposed to be filling myself with God's cock every day so that (laughs) I could leave the house. And I mean, but it's a good practice. No, I love it. And that I could leave the house and not be, not be like looking for something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because when you're yawning, your pussy is hungry. Then you walk down the street and everybody's like, like coming at (laughs) you. And you're like, what's up? And you're like, you're, you are sending these vibes of like, mm-hmm. I haven't been fucked in a while or something. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a practice where I was That's like, totally a thing. It is. It's, it's oh, totally, yeah. I 100% yeah. have experienced yeah. exactly And, and I mean, talking. there have been other, other people that are more sex coaches in, I'm not like in that space, but who have talked about this too. But mm-hmm. there was this one day where I was walking through Penn Station and I had done that practice that morning and I was walking through Penn Station and just like turning so many heads and I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to be full of God's cock right now. Why are people looking at me? <laughs> I was just like, oh God, I didn't do it right. So actually, I need to start doing that again. Actually. It's good. It's a good practice. Um, um, also, I just realized I never said Bella here. Like, none of us yeah, did no, that. <laughs> so, Bella here at the very end of the episode. Um, so, I work as a sexuality doula, and it's taken me a really long time to figure out energetic boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you seem, like, so extroverted and active on Instagram and traveling around and, like, speaking to a lot of people. And I was just wondering if you could share specifically with me, but our audience, too, what practices you have around, like, your energetic boundaries. Mm. This is a good one. It's something I'm still working on, to be honest. Oh, me too. It's like um, such a journey. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be 35, so I don't know how old you guys are, but I think I'm all a little older than you. But um, yeah, I'm still working on it. <laughs> Just letting you know. Um, so I'm a Pisces. I'm empathic. I'm extremely sensitive. And I also have this, like, I believe that people are good in my heart. I think I wrote about this on Instagram recently, but I didn't say it, the, the whole story, but... 
I, at times, am more in the past have been on my maiden's journey where I'm more mm. curious about adventure and mm. experience rather than sort of preserving my stability, health, or well-being. Um, <laughs> and I have tried, I have been transitioning out of that for a while. I thought it would be like an, a one moment where it's just like, you know, oh, all of a sudden I'm girl, that I'm woman, I'm, I'm maiden, now I'm, you know, priestess, but it's been a slow transition in a sense. Mm. The best thing that I still am learning every day is simply the word no. Mm. In our yes. culture in today's age, that is the most powerful thing we can use. That being said, some people still slip through. You know, I had someone recently <laughs> who may or may not have come to a city that I was in specifically because he knew I was there and oh. messaged me and I ended up having dinner with him and then having a love affair with him and then had to, it became very dramatic. I had to block him on all platforms. And I thought, well, shit, what did I do wrong here? And it was just like, I, I didn't discern. Like, I didn't spend enough time being like, are you a good person? You know, like, I just, I went for the event. And it was so fun. Like, I had, I don't regret it. Like, we had the best time. Mm. Um, we laughed and cried and, and had a very, like, transcendental moment. But it could have been someone else who wasn't safe. You know, it could have been someone that I, that I got hurt by, you know, because of trusting people. Um, so I always say like I have that Anne Frank quality. I don't remember know if you've read the Diary of Anne Frank, mm -hmm. but she's like I believe that everyone's good, and it's like I I, I believe that I I'm like really someone would find out where I am on Instagram, mm. and then like sneakily show up and then be like oh my god I can't believe we're both here this is so beautiful and magical we got oh have so it was like almost like a catfish in the timing yeah like and they made it seem like coincidence too deeply here okay but um okay. but yeah. Wow, I'm very, so glad that so like very sorry. strategic. You're, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh shit. Like people like there are like stalkery people out there. And there yeah. are, you know, and like he was I don't think he's like a bad person. He's actually just like a male who um really wanted me and was going after me. Mm -hmm. Um also probably he hasn't experienced a lot of no. Mm, in his exactly. life. Yeah. So uh -uh. he hasn't. He has four kids by three different women. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if That's you guys fine. are listening to this. Oh. I love you. Happy <laughs> karma. <laughs> karma closed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so the power of no is just like the best thing. And my friend Betsy last night, who's an amazing psychic healer, gorgeous human, she was telling me the um the joyful I don't know and playing it stupid. So when people come at you where you're like somebody the other day in an Uber was like, Are you married? And I was like, No. And he was like, Yeah, I could see how it'd be hard for a, a powerful woman like you to, to be with a man. Like not a lot of men could could take you. And or something like that, you know, Whoa. not a lot of men can handle a powerful woman, whatever. And Betsy said, that's the moment that you go, oh, no, I'm just, I'm happy. Ha, ha. And you close the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And instead of being quiet, which reads kind of like dramatic, mm. I just took that in, 
you know, or instead of engaging further. And I'm going to try this one. I'm just going to try this. So when someone says something that kind of pisses me off, like, because I don't have time to like teach everyone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I spent a lot of my life trying to teach all the men who said something annoying. It's exhaustive emotional labor. Exactly. Yeah. So now, <laughs> I don't know. I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that one. <laughs> so boundaries, power of no. When it's time to say no, say no. Don't be afraid to block. Don't block out of like really malice though, because you will attract it back, but block out of boundary right. if you have to. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know, walk away, walk away. Great boundary is walking away, you know, and saying no and walking away saying no. And as I, I did this other podcast yesterday and I said, you know, gosh, you know, the, the men that are showing up are actually like so hot so powerful, so shiny. And she was like, this is the best time to say no. Because if Mm. those men who are so hot, so shiny, so beautiful, so spiritual, so magical are not exactly the right one, Mm. like then this is where you practice your no. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to you, it's like whether it's money, whether it's sex, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whether it's whatever, if it's not exactly feeling right, Mm. say no. And that's a really hard because we live in a very much of a lack mentality culture mm-hmm. where it's like, no, but I got to take the client. But like if your belly, deep in your belly says no, yeah. don't do it. Mm-hmm. The only way you know how it feels deep in your belly is to get to know yourself also. Mm-hmm. And so you know whether it's a no because you're in tune with your body. If you're tripped out on drugs and you're numbed out, you won't know that. So you have to have a connection to yourself through practice. Mm-hmm. It's funny too. I feel like women in general, we're conditioned to always say yes yeah. or like maybe, yeah. you know, something deflecty instead of – I'm one of the things I'm loving doing so far last year and this year is saying no without an explanation. Just like, mm. no, thank you. Yeah. No, I'm not interested. And I'm like, because don't this. Don't them. Yeah. I, I am so guilty of that. I like – I'm an over-explainer. Like I, I like – I'm very attention to detail and like – a lot of people like misperceive why I'm just like, well, it's just because of like this, this, and it ends up like I'll send like a, I do the same thing to to my co-host. I'll like it'll be like a paragraph about something that could be like one sentence. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, my brain is a stream of consciousness. That's okay though. <laughs> and I try and like find ways to you. It's very yeah. what sign are you? Oh God. I am <laughs> Leo <laughs> Sun, Leo Moon, Leo Mercury. <laughs> wow. Wow. And Libra rising. So wow. Mm. <laughs> um, well, I think it's time for our our final question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bella, take it oh, away. Oh, I get to ask, yeah, ask it today. Is yours. <laughs> okay, our final question that we've just started introducing for our guest is: if you could tell your younger self one thing, or you can give her more than one, about sexuality to help her, what would you share? You know, not to be redundant, but it would be the power of Mm. no, because I've said a lot of yes, Mm. and I don't regret it, you know? I don't regret it now. I've had a lot of amazing adventures, and um, but some of them took up too much space, Mm. you know? Some of them was like one one amazing day with someone that then stuck around in my consciousness for Mm. three to six months taking up a lot of space and I think that that happens to us and no one can see it you know so we're suffering inside we're obsessing if I could tell myself I'd be like honey choose wisely 
who you engage with because they're going to be in your energetic field for a long time. You'll be thinking about them. You'll be obsessing. You'll be dreaming about them. And do you really, really, really want to? Because there's a lot of other things you could do with your time, you know? So, hmm. yeah. I love that. <laughs> Very much. Use your time wisely. Better late yeah. than never. I'm learning now. Wasn't that like the dare slogan? Just say no. Just say no. <laughs> Bring Just it back. Just say no to Thank spiritual you. men who say they're a shaman. <laughs> give you plant medicines. Uh, oh, I, oh I have God. I have one of those. <laughs> you have one of those? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, just say I mean those like just take a take a minute. Take a minute. <laughs> um thank you so much. This has been a really thank fun you. episode. Oh, good. <laughs> I hope you guys so enjoy much for joining us. <laughs> Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to... Meredith Andrews, thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. means a lot. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes. And we're so grateful to do that and have your support.